Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen, and in each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office where we full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from Shannon Bedingfield, an Ingenious Prep graduate coach and writing instructor at Yale University, where she is completing her PhD in English about writing strategies applicants can use to ace their college applications. Hi, Shannon. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So just to start off, could you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yes. So as you mentioned, my name is Shannon Bedingfield. I am a graduate coach with Ingenious and have been for a few years. I am originally trained as a classics and English major, but have been finishing up my PhD in medieval English literature at Yale, working currently on finishing my dissertation. My kind of past has been And my teaching experience has largely been in writing instruction and literature, but mostly writing instruction, essays in particular. Um, And I believe that's what I'm here to talk with you about. So just to start off, I think I want to see if you could break down the various writing components that we're going to see in a college application. So, you know, we have the personal statement, supplemental essays, activities list, et cetera. Well, the common app portion, or even in a coalition, you're going to have a few pieces that are going to go to basically every school. The most famous, notorious of these is, of course, the personal essay, or otherwise known as the personal statement. It is usually the longest piece of writing that a student will produce specifically for their applications. We'll kind of talk a little bit more about what that means. Also in the Common App and Coalition, you'll have a portion that's the activities list. This is a very different style of writing. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, but it tends to be a little bit more kind of information driven kind of context list, but it features kind of ways to describe the major activities of your high school career. And that's going to be it. When it comes to the individual universities and their applications, you will also typically have additional supplemental essays that'll vary quite significantly from school to school. So some you'll start to see kind of repetitive types of questions with kind of similar purposes, uh, but some might be a little bit more offbeat and require a completely different style of writing. That leads really well into my next question, which is how do the writing strategies or techniques differ between them? Overall, I think there are some similarities uh, between different types of writing. In each case, you're going to want to, for example, provide very strong evidence provide consistent detail, that kind of thing. But the the kind of voice of the writing is going to differ quite a lot. So again, you're going to have the more information driven. Some of the supplemental essays will be more like that. Um, Certainly the activities list and if necessary, pieces of like research parts of other applications. Um, But some are certainly going to be more about kind of your personal storytelling, like showing off who you are, what you care about. And those are a lot more kind of personal writing, reflective writing, again, still using kind of great detail and specifics, but writing from a different voice and with a different purpose. What exercises do you recommend students use to start brainstorming these various components? So it always is going to depend on which particular types of writing you specifically will have to do for the specific schools that you'll be applying to. But one of there are two kind of places that basically every student should begin. The first one is the things you've done right? That is largely your activities or your resume, the things that take up your time in your life. These are the things that you care about and have dedicated time to. And so trying to understand, first of all, which are the most significant to you and why they're the most significant to you can be a really good way to start kind of picking out the the most significant activities or experiences that you've had. The other one is to think a little bit more about reflecting who you are and kind of what you want college to be for you, right? This is a big kind of shift in your life. High school, typically living with your your family and kind of things are kind of expected. They're largely laid out for you. You have some choices to moving into a phase of your life where you get to kind of study your own thing. You'll be living on your own. It's a big transition um, and it can be treated as such. And so trying to understand kind of what it is about your context, your personal context, your cultural context, kind of who you are and what you care about in a personal way 
and kind of what you want college to be for you next, that type of reflective work can be a really important part of making a case for, for your college applications and kind of what this is. So, and that will be true for both the personal statement, which is easily, again, the most consistent place where that type of writing is asked for. But again, also again, in some of the supplements, which can in some cases ask very directly kind of what you want to do or kind of how these things matter to you or what it is about your identity or, or personal background that has shaped you into who you are. So kind of focusing on those two things, the things you have done and why they matter. And then the things about your kind of background and culture and context that are important to you and why those matter. And starting to brainstorm those things can be a great way to start trying to decipher what you might want to write about when you have these options. Let's go right now into the personal statement specifically. So what is the overarching macro goal of the personal statement? (laughs) always a challenge. So this is the only significant, like long form piece of writing that basically every college will see. There are a few that won't, but nearly all of them will. So it is not about specific content. If a school needs specific content from you or information from you, they will ask you directly. So this is not about that. Instead, this is about giving a voice to your overall application. There is a lot of information in the many pages of your application, no matter which college you're sending it to. And in each of those cases, you know, admissions officers are learning things about you, but you don't really have much control over the story you're telling with those details. The personal statement is your best place to do that. That is, it kind of says something about who you are and what you care about that the, all the other details of your application can kind of be understood through. And sometimes for many students, this tends to be a little bit more kind of academically leaning, like this is why I'm passionate about studying the things I'm interested in studying, or it can be very personal leaning and kind of be like, this is who I am. And these are the things that matter to me. This is about, this is what it is about me. But the goal of the personal statement is for you to have a little bit of control over the type of person and shaping the type of person that the other more kind of informational parts of the application could be understood through. So kind of this is the place where you can kind of be a voice where they can then look at your activities and look at your transcript and look at, you know, your recommendations and say, oh, I see how all of these pieces are fitting together because I now have a voice that kind of goes with these details and it personalizes you in a very real way for admissions officers. And so if you had one goal of your personal statement, it is to personalize you, right? It is a personal statement. And so that you would then be able to kind of have a person or a personality in your head as you're looking at the rest of the application. Do you remember what you wrote your personal statement about? I have been asked by so many students about that. And I genuinely don't know. I am old enough that it was a different time. Um, I even had to mail my applications in via post. So like, so I don't actually, I do remember vaguely a few things I did with my supplements for a couple of schools that were specific, but I genuinely don't. I also would say, though, that one of the things that, you know, I've I've done a lot of reflecting over the last few years as I've been working with students on this phase of their lives, right? And one of the things that, you know, thinking back on who I was at, you know, 17, which is a scary thought just in and of itself, but one of the things that I think I probably did well, even though I don't remember the details, is that I was always very outspoken, as I'm sure some people are already starting to notice. I was always very outspoken and I always had a kind of, I did have a voice. So even though I think I probably did not strategically do the right thing with my personal statement. And if me now, the counselor could like talk to me, then the 17 year old, I would probably give myself some very specific and useful advice, but I would trust myself to have kind of sounded distinct to sound, to sound myself. Um, And I think that actually is a significant job of the personal statement. So I I think, I would imagine I did well with that at least one detail, but I don't. Do you? I do. I wrote about 
I've been a vegetarian since I was eight and I'm from the South. So I wrote about my experience growing up as a vegetarian in the South and how it like developed my cultural and social understanding of the world and like different ideologies. I think it was really good. I did reuse it senior year of college to apply to the school newspaper. It stood the test of time, but definitely wasn't strategic in terms of how it fit in with the rest of my application. So that was one thing that I might change if I went back. Uh, it's still though, it does, it speaks more to that kind of, it speaks to both, like coming in that context, right? Thinking about where, like where you come from and what part of your experience has really shaped your perspective on things. So I think that actually works quite well. Also as a Southerner, but non-vegetarian, like you, I, I don't even know how you would eat out, right? Yeah, no, like I the just vegetables ate french fries. <laughs> exactly. Constantly. So like, it, it feels vivid. It feels particular. It feels not unique because I feel like a lot of vegetarians in the South would have a similar experience, but it's a perspective on the world that would not be repeated by many others. So I think in that sense, like I would be happy if someone brought that as an idea to the table, but yeah, no, I wish I remembered mine. And of course, again, sail mail, there's no digital trail either. I probably hand wrote the thing. (laughs) Do you have any writing or brainstorming exercises you use with your students specifically for the personal statement? I do. Again, I think that one, well, for the personal statement, but also again, kind of the pre-essay brainstorming, like you're going to have to write about more than one thing. So like, what might you write about? I do actually suggest that students return to their activities and not just the activities, like organized activities, but like, what are the things you spend your time on? So if you spend 20 hours a week writing your own comic book, right? Like that's a lot of time dedication to something like clearly you care about it. So kind of going back through their calendar or kind of taking stock of their like weeks and trying to understand where they're dedicating their time and then why that matters. And, you know, and then tell a story about it. Um, And then some of the time that kind of goes in a very natural way and like, oh, I did this, you know, photography. This is what I do. This is a good example. And it just kind of follows naturally. And sometimes it takes some like I would say, I would hesitate to say bumbling, but sometimes it is bumbling where you just kind of like bounce around different topics and try to understand why they matter. And the act of writing the personal statement becomes the way you reflect on these things. So that's always good. Check on your activities and kind of which ones are most important to you. And then asking yourself like why those matter and what that says about you. But also just, again, kind of more your free time life. Like how are you spending your time? The other thing would be to reflect on pieces of yourself, kind of like you, the kind of like vegetarian in the South moment where you're like, what are the things that I kind of associate with my identity, right? Like what are the, if I were to like describe myself to someone else, like what are, do I think are the key pieces of that? And what are some stories or experiences that attach, that are attached to that, right? So it's not just like, I grew up a vegetarian in the South, but like, give me a scene of like where that like really kind of pointedly appeared in your life like not when you became vegetarian but like this scene at a restaurant or I can't go to potluck dinners or whatever like I'm the only vegetarian in my family and I can't like that kind of thing where you can kind of point in something very specific so in terms of kind of the brainstorming exercises is start with these kind of bigger things that you think are important in your lives And then actually, what are the specific stories or moments that are most vivid that are attached to those things? So if it's an activity, what's one specific thing I did? If it's an identity thing, when did this part of my identity really become important? Or what's a scene in which it felt important? Um, And those can be really useful kind of jumping off places to understand kind of where to start writing. Even if the essay ends up someplace very different, it's a really good place to start writing. I take classes in creative nonfiction. And one thing that we talk about a lot is balancing between exposition and scene. So I really love that you brought that up because I think it can be, I think especially when writers are younger, their inclination is to mostly just write exposition and narrative. So I think it could really help students stand out for them to add in a very vivid and strong scene to anchor the story. I think that's great advice. And one thing that I've always loved about personal statements, and I've wrote many through the years for applications, for grants, scholarships, schools, is that I I think the personal statement, much more so than anything else, is an act of creative writing. There's all sorts of figurative language and rhetorical tools that you can use because you're really, you're really focusing on storytelling and crafting a very beautiful and compelling narrative. That's how I've always seen it. 
Yeah, certainly. It, it is. I mean, again, there are a few other pieces. Some supplements certainly can be highly creative, but yeah, it is. I, I think thinking about it as a piece of creative nonfiction is not a bad way to think about it more than an essay. Um, I think people associate the word essay, especially high school students, with the types of essays that you're typically asked to write in high school. And that's not certainly not what this is. Um, and so kind of thinking about this as a different style of writing and reading some creative nonfiction can also be a great way to develop a sense for that and, and kind of how you would balance those things. Because I agree, I think that students to lean, instinctively lean very heavily on exposition. Like I have been asked a question, I should offer an explanation rather than like giving me a story that illustrates what you're trying to say. Yeah, very true. Creative nonfiction, take all the advice. Um, and actually, that's actually a good place to begin in terms of thinking about writing advice for your personal statement. There certainly is kind of like a lot of kind of widely available tips and advice for the personal statement. But I would actually encourage students to look up creative nonfiction, especially short form and, and, and personal creative nonfiction as a place to also seek some writing advice that would help with the actual composition, um, not the content. Yeah, there's all sorts of magazines I'd suggest students read. There's, it's a magazine called Creative Nonfiction. There's, you know, The New Yorker, there's The Sun. I think I'm a really big believer that reading is one of the greatest honing things of writing skills, because the more you read, the more you become aware of other people's voice and ability to just structure things and the ability to use figurative language, rhetorical devices, and it can really help you elevate your own writing in ways that you didn't imagine because you're being exposed to so many different new ways of communicating. Oh, certainly. What does your ideal timeline look like from beginning to brainstorm the personal statement to the final draft? I kind of push back on this question a little bit. Certainly you want to start early. So in terms of like timeline with the rest of your applications, um, if you're planning to apply to an early school, an ED, REA, EA school, which I encourage everyone to do. And if you have not talked to anyone about that, you should. So if you're, if you're intending to apply somewhere on that timeline, you probably need to be brainstorming and starting to craft your, or at least try things out now. You don't wanna hold it. That said, once you start the writing process, the timeline looks very different from student to student. And it just because you're a good writer doesn't mean this is gonna come easy. Some of the best writers I have that are like, the people who I want to study creative writing in college. And like, I have this beautiful portfolio of poetry or fiction. Like those are, it does not mean that this essay is going to come easy or it is going to be straightforward. So once you start, ideally you would be kind of brainstorming for a week or two where you're kind of trying things out. And I say like brainstorming, but like brainstorming while sketching things out, right? So writing not a full essay draft, but like a paragraph here about this idea or two or three paragraphs here about this little story and seeing how those work. So brainstorming, but trying different ideas in actual prose where you're producing paragraphs. Um, so you'll probably want to do that for a couple of weeks and then take stock, right? Read through what you've got read through it with someone else, a counselor, a parent, a teacher, and kind of trying to understand what each, the potential of each topic might be. And then once you start the draft, you're going to want to leave yourself several weeks to refine this. And again, preferably with another good, thoughtful reader who can give you solid feedback, because you're probably going to want to go through, I don't think I've ever had a student who went through fewer than 10 drafts. Right. So you're looking at double digit drafts where you once you've got the full draft, you'll want to kind of refine and kind of try to understand what you're doing and what can be made better. And how do I tell the story? And is my voice coming across? How does this connect with the rest of my application and, and the, the kind of person I'm trying to represent as an applicant? So probably if you're again, if you're applying early in the early round, most of the deadlines, again, either late October, most of them are very early November you want to start now. Again, the latest you would want to be producing a full draft is probably six weeks, five or six weeks ahead of your deadline. And that's if you're really pushing it and you're willing to take some risks. The other thing is, I, I mean, I actually work pretty well against deadlines. So I'm, this is a bit of like, do as I say, not as I do. But generally speaking, just to like alleviate, alleviate some of the stress of this whole process, the sooner you can get it done, the better. 
you don't necessarily need to grind this until the very end. You are trying to produce this nice piece of writing that represents who you are and what you care about for your applications, but then you wanna have plenty of time to be working on all of the other parts of the application as well. So don't, don't stress yourself out by waiting too long. Expect it to take five to six weeks minimum. And that's if things go pretty smoothly. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of writing multiple drafts. I think the last personal statement I wrote to apply for a grant, I wrote about like 15 drafts. So I'm a big fan. And I think it's not really something people teach in high school. I think they do teach it, but I don't think students follow it because there's they're so busy that they are always doing things at the last minute. But I'm a really big fan of students doing multiple drafts and... I'm also a big fan of false deadlines because I myself am a really big procrastinator and I'm also really motivated by external pressure. So when someone gives me a false deadline of, okay, you're not turning this into the college until November 1st, but you have to turn this into me, your college counselor, your parent, your best friend on October 1st, then you're going to have to complete that, turn it to them October 1st. And then you have a whole other month to refine it in a way that you wouldn't have if you'd procrastinated. So And you want to leave yourself time to be able to return to it, not as a fresh piece of writing, but certainly not as something you worked on 10 minutes ago. So yes, you can edit right after you write something, but it's not going to be your best editing. So especially if you're kind of relying mostly on yourself, giving yourself some time where you're able to put the piece of writing down, step away, do something else and come back to it with a kind of fresh outlook is a very useful thing in the drafting process. Um, So you want to build that time in if you can. So don't write it the week before. Again, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to say about the writing process as far as outlines, multiple drafts? I would say this, try things out. So part of the brainstorming period and part of the reason I suggest students brainstorm by writing paragraphs or little sketches or little pieces of essays is that once you actually start producing a full draft, you probably want to be working on one at a time. So have students had to switch topics, especially before they're, they've kind of polished an essay? Yes. However, you don't want to be juggling three different ideas in full length format the whole time. That is a waste of energy and none of them are likely to be the strongest piece of writing. Focusing on any one of them at a time is, I guarantee, a better strategy and going to produce better writing for you. So don't have full length, multiple drafts going all the time. That's distracting, that kind of thing. I find outlines very useful. So if you are a person who finds outlines very useful and have a clear idea of kind of the pieces of your essay and what they need to say in each piece, definitely outline. However, that doesn't actually work for every student and it sometimes doesn't work for every topic. So again, this goes back to the idea of brainstorming and sketches where you don't have an outline. You're just telling a little story or like giving a little description or like this, this kind of answering a smaller question. If you're someone who doesn't do that or you find that the essay you're writing is resisting an outline, Sometimes it just start the story, start this scene, like we were talking about, this creative nonfiction scene, and try to understand what that's doing and then build around that and edit based on that. It is always useful to reverse engineer an outline when you get toward the end so that you can see whether your essay has a clear structure, but not every student needs that. This is about It's accurate advice, but it's a bit frustrating. You just got to know your writing style and you got to know what works for you and do that for you and try not to let yourself get distracted. So if you write better with an outline, create an outline. If you write better trying to get the ideas out and then organizing them later, write that way. But either way, again, have a good reader, a friend, parent, teacher, counselor, someone who's going to be able to help walk you through what your essay is going on about. What are the best personal statements you've read with your students and why do you think they stood out so much? This is always a tricky question. I always feel like personal, I mean, they're obviously very personal, but I think in terms of successful, I think they're the ones that give me a perspective on the student that I hadn't really seen before. And so this is actually a little hard to explain outside the context of the rest of the application. I, one of my, the kind of 
one of my favorites was was actually a student who wrote about she was a street photographer but she wasn't an art major like she was a sociology major it was not kind of connected i mean it was not directly connected to like her field of interest or anything like that but she kind of wrote very beautifully about how she came to take her favorite photograph that she'd ever taken and she can so starts with this very vivid scene of her like on the streets of tokyo like taking pictures of people um, and she would go to certain areas of the city, not because she liked the things that they had there, but that she liked watching the people who went there, which is just this kind of wonderful insight into kind of like this glimpse into her life and how she sees things. But it became like she used telling the story about this one photograph where she kind of took a picture of this kind of old lady in a sea of very young, like teenagers. I mean, she took this like moment as a way to think about like, why do I do street photography? Like even as a photographer, why have I chosen this as my like favorite style of photography? And kind of thinking about that as a kind of impromptu and candid moment, kind of a way to understand and, and capture the world. She spoke about it very beautifully. And so you have these kind of this clear and very vivid and, and ultimately actually quite funny scene, which she provides very thoughtful, an introspective reflection about and kind of why does this matter to her, I think was a very effective personal statement. And again, I think very charming um, in that sense. I've had students, I tend to like students who kind of take a more formally risky approach to the personal statement as well. Those who are willing to kind of try something different or organize something in a different, slightly different way. I kind of, I think famously at this point at Ingenious, um, my first year there, I had a student who organized his personal statement by writing a menu for a kind of multi-course dinner that he had made his family. Each section was the description, like a, like a fine dining description on a menu and kind of it, highly memorable, very kind of personality filled, even in his choice of food. And by the end, you're actually a little hungry. And I feel like that's a very effective way of like eliciting a very visceral, like literally visceral response from your reader. And so I think that those are, those can be very effective um, in terms of like presenting a personality, right? Like you're a person. This is, this is what I do. You can, you can kind of get a sense that you kind of know this person from their personal statement. And I think those are, those are my favorites and most effective. Sure. And our admissions officers, you know, they say that they're not they're only spending so much time on each application and they're reading hundreds, if not thousands, and they need to be able to really remember students to go into committee and advocate for them. So I don't think there's like any better advice than being memorable in a good way. Don't want to be memorable in a yeah. weird, offensive, <laughs> no, strange way. No red flags, right? You don't want yeah. the guy that they're certain they don't want. But yeah, no, absolutely. Just having something that just sticks out, having a moment in your, or your essay and application that like feels very grounded and real and surprises the reader. There's very little that is more, well, being offensive is certainly more dangerous, but there's very little more dangerous to your prospects than being boring and predictable. So if someone can read your introduction to your personal statement and kind of know what the rest of the essay is about, you probably want to rethink it. Either you're not reflecting deeply or or more specifically enough or you're not telling a story that's very particular to you and your experience and it's just too generic in which case you come off as a generic applicant and they're likely to read all of the rest of your application like oh this is this is another generic this is another high schooler you know they're all the same right and you're not um so show off kind of the things that make you different things that kind of give you something that the other applicants wouldn't have and a really delicious meal is a great way. It was very effective, at least it, for this student in making that happen. What writing mistakes do you see your students make very consistently or very often in the personal statement? I've seen being, being too typical or being, as we kind of talked about earlier, too explanatory, too much exposition, not enough like liveliness, I think is certainly a writing style problem. Um, again, students, I think, get kind of in the habit of writing the high school essay, and they kind of want to reproduce that in their personal essay, and that's just not what it is. So that's that's definitely a problem that is, is, is usually, I don't want to say easy to work through, but is at least easy to identify and correct. I, I also see, though, there is a tendency for 
students to want to make it about their most impressive thing, that this is their like opportunity just to brag. And like, that's not a bragging is not a bad thing, but you have to have something to say about it. So just because it is your most impressive accomplishment does not mean it's the thing that you want to spend 650 words reflecting on in your personal essay. There are plenty of places in your application to show off achievement, trying to use your personal essay as a way to just like elaborate that on that for 650 words is not always the best choice. And it often makes that achievement seem a little underwhelming if you have to go on about it for 650 words. So don't necessarily choose just what you think is most flattering or most impressive. Certainly, I think there is also the tendency to generalize. So in, again, again, going back to this idea, like if you're going to write about like an activity that you do. So for example, if you volunteer at a senior home, that's wonderful. It's certainly going to look great on your activities list and potentially very useful for your personal statement as well. But it needs not to be an essay about like how you volunteer at the senior home. You need to pick a story, a particular experience that kind of encapsulates or embodies or inspired some kind of change. So the tendency for students to generalize rather than be specific is my biggest pet peeve and the thing that I have to like kind of fight most about kind of early in the process, like be particular. Don't tell me how you run. Walk me through one run. Don't tell me how you do this. Generally do something specific and kind of anchoring those ideas and that activity and that topic to something very singular will help so much. And, but that generalization, I think is a big one. The other problem, which is rarer, but students who get in this rut are harder to get out of it, is that they recognize, students recognize that they want to be memorable. And so they pick something that's very quirky about themselves, but they have nothing to say about, right? And so if you, quirky is great and memorable, but only if you follow through with it. So quirk is not valuable just as quirk. So in that sense, understand what you need to say. If you have this experience, like if you did, you know, if skydiving changed your life, that's great, but you can't just describe the experience of skydiving and expect that to be like a personal statement. You have to, you have to deliver the goods on the reflection. And so I think that's, that's where students get, I think the most stuck um, and most kind of entrenched in an idea. So you have to deliver, it has to show change. You have to show complexity and nuance and kind of personal growth. And if you're unable to do that, no matter how interesting the story is, it's then just an anecdote you're telling to your buddies, right? So great place to start, but you got to come through. So I, th I would say that's probably certainly a very common mistake. And then are there any free writing resources that you could recommend to listeners? There are, again, I always recommend some creative writing resources. There are some MFA programs around the country for sure, that have specialized in creative nonfiction, that have some resources kind of available there. So again, always, even if it's just a quick browser search kind of situation where you're kind of looking up like writing tips for creative nonfiction, those types of things would be very useful. I think I forced my student, this is another ways, I, ways Shannon tortures her own students. I always make them sit while I read it out loud to them especially if it's a cold read, because I think it can be very useful to know how someone, how a stranger, or not even a stranger, but just like someone who hasn't read it before tries to read it for the first time. Where do they place emphasis? Where are they responding? Like those types of things. So I would actually say text to speech reader, great idea. Capitalize on your friends and make them read your stuff even better and always to yourself. I think it can be very useful in trying to like, I mean, again, your personal statement is about trying to establish a voice. So are you literally establishing a voice? Like, what does it sound like when your, your words are vocalized? No, it's really helpful to hear where people stumble or where they use specific intonation. I was reading something aloud last night and I, um, inflected up somewhere where I shouldn't have inflected up, 
but it was just because it was a very long sentence, which it was like artistically and strategically done so. But, you know, as you're listening to someone read your essay aloud, you can, where they're stumbling or where they're kind of making weird choices is where their brain's kind of like lagging for a second. And then you can always go back and think, how can I make this more clear? How can I use different punctuation that's more intentional? Yes, for sure. Read aloud to yourself. See what the voice actually is. And having a stranger help you out there or a friend help you out there can be really useful. So moving on to supplemental essays, what is the goal of supplemental essays as compared to the personal statement? Well, again, this is going to depend a little bit essay to essay. They are far more interested in particular content. So supplements, the prompts for the supplemental essays have been written by the universities themselves, or at least the admissions officers there. So if they're asking you a question, they want an answer to that question. So make sure that you're kind of answering in the the manner that they want you to answer. It also tends to be about establishing your suitability and match for the the university, both in terms of the way you think and how you approach problems and questions, if it's a more kind of creative styled essay, or whether it's the very kind of straightforward, why do you want to go to this school? And you have to outright make your case, right? This is the why I want to go to this school. This is how I will kind of contribute to the program and the community, et cetera. So for these supplemental essays, you should have a specific school in mind and you should be writing these essays or adapting these essays if you kind of are adapting something you've already written with those campuses and those, those schools in mind. You do not write an essay the same way for Harvard that you would write it for Chicago, for example, right? So they're, they're kind of, there are different values in the writing. So you want to take a moment before you start even the brainstorming process and actually think about what is this prompt trying to get me to show? What are the, like, what are the qualities in an applicant that they are trying to evaluate by asking these questions? And then how does that match the school? You are going to struggle with this if you are a poorly matched candidate for a school. So this is also a really useful part in the process where you should be actually evaluating, not just like whether you can get into a school, but whether you're actually the right match for each other. Is the school right for you? Are you, are you right for the school? And so kind of using the, this writing in a very particular and kind of school oriented way can be very helpful which is obviously very different from the personal statement, which is again, going to all of your schools. It is not school specific in any way. Are there any specific strategies or specific specificities of the writing process for these shorter essays as compared to what we've talked about for the personal statement? I do think this is where, again, I go back prompt, 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 right? Understanding the keywords of the prompt and kind of doing some association exercises. So if a, a school is asking you to talk about like a place that you call home and why you would characterize it that way and what you contributed to it, then like identify some of the keywords in that prompt, like home and kind of what are the different definitions of that word and how might you interpret it? What is your response to that? So using kind of keywords in the prompts themselves as places to spur closer level brainstorming is something that I would absolutely recommend for the supplements that you really don't need to do for the personal statement, because that's not kind of how the personal statement really works, but very prompt oriented. Also pay attention to the ways that the prompt asks a similar question differently. So there are lots of ways that a school can ask you, why do you want to come to this school? But the way they word the prompts can be a really useful place to say, how is this different than all of these other prompts for all of these other schools that I've read that are very similar? And like, how can I answer that question more particularly? Something with a little bit more specificity. If you're asking about curriculum, definitely need to look at curriculum. If you're asking about kind of community or if you're asking about like what I value about a school as opposed to like why I want to go. That's a very similar question and you're going to have a lot of the same overlap, but those are different like types of questions. So kind of using the specific words in the prompts to spur your brainstorming 
That said, some of the brainstorming is actually going to be similar. You are going to be writing very clearly about some of your activities. I would say most students, if you have not, even if you've not written about an activity in your personal statement, you will almost certainly write about a couple of your key activities in some of your supplements, whether it's like how you demonstrated leadership as a kind of student representative or a president of a club or, you know, the captain of a sports team, right? Or whether you're writing about like how you made an impact on your community through service or civic engagement, like those types of things. So like you are going to be writing about activities. So a lot of the same types of brainstorming that you did for the personal statement or for your essays more generally about like, which are my most important and why do they matter to me? That is largely the same, but differently use the prompt and its keywords to spur specific brainstorming and for each school. Do you have any examples of standout supplemental essays you've read and then just maybe why they were so effective? Again, it's going to depend so much school to school. So what is effective at Cornell might not be effective at kind of Wash U St. Louis, like those types of things. Well, those would be very different because they're different essays, but uh, kind of aside, it, it, again, it's very school specific. I do think that I, you know, just more recently, so this is not actually one of my students, I read a kind of Northwestern supplement, um, which was, again, Northwestern's is kind of like a why Northwestern question. It's a slightly worded longer, read the prompt and use the keywords, but like it's a short 300 words. And it was so effective because it was very detailed. And like everything the student brought up was particular to Northwestern, every resource, every faculty member. But it also, this kid had such a clear vision for like what he wanted to be. And that wasn't something like, I want to, and basically he was kind of like music business was kind of what he wanted to do and kind of as a way to kind of disrupt the industry and kind of create opportunities for young, unsigned or kind of unattached artists, right? And so like all of his resources were both, there were music resources and production resources and business resources and kind of like entrepreneurship resources. So all those were clear, but like he had such a voice in this essay, the way he talked about kind of what he wanted to be, what his mission was, what he cared about was just so clear and so specific and so personalized, even within an essay that tends to be like particular, but less filled with personality, he managed to really inject it with personality. And so that really struck out, stuck out to me. Um, again, there can be very effective essays, especially why schools that are a little less heavy on the personality. But if you're able to bring that, that really helps. I also, again, do not underestimate charisma and the idea that you are trying to win over a person like there are people on the other end of these applications, right? So it's not just like, here are my achievements, blah, 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 blah. Like you're not getting put into some kind of evaluative algorithm that like, you know, turns out the best qualified candidates. Like you're trying to connect with somebody. So essays that give a very clear kind of image of a person that you would want to meet is also very helpful. So I had a student a couple of years ago and she wrote this, it was like one of her supplements. Again, it not kind of clearly attached to any of her academics, but she talked about how when she was little, it kind of started with when she was little and her parents took her skiing for the first couple of times. And she was just a little daredevil, right? Like they, they, her parents always looked ragged. They basically kind of, they called her this kind of nickname that essentially meant like someone who doesn't care for their lives right? Like, so someone who's just like breakneck pace, daredevil all the way. But then she talks about how, like, one of the things she did in high school was that she became a ski instructor and suddenly had, was teaching a class full of six-year-old new skiers and had a new appreciation for her parents' perspective as she's trying to, like, wrangle these, like, fearless, brand new six-year-old skiers. And, like, it became this kind of reflection on, like, oh, this is this thing about my personality that I am kind of like all out downhill, go fast is still part of my life. And like, but I also feel like I've learned how to evolve that into being a good teacher, right. And to facilitate others and still let them be little daredevils too, because it's done me well. Like, I'm glad that's who I am. And so it became this very kind of reflective essay. And she did that in 
300 words. But again, both images just are super clear and super specific and really make you want to meet her. And so I think that goes a long way. The other thing is you have to show essays that show that the, the like evidence is great, but they also need to show some purpose. Um, so some of my favorite like leadership essays, for example, which tends to be a more kind of standard type of essay question on an activity, they're best when it's not only like, this is how I was a leader. I did these things, bomb, 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 bomb. I was responsible and I finished them, but also like, this is why I want to be a leader. Like this was an important activity or this was an important project to me because, right, to show that purpose and, and maturity and not just ability to get things done, but like a reason to get things done, I think can be very helpful as well. And I think that's a kind of essential piece. Well, it's not essential, but it is a very strong piece of those types of essays that a lot of students overlook at first. So I like it when students use their writing to be purposeful and thoughtful and driven by a mission rather than by like ticking boxes. In addition to not adequately demonstrating school fit, are there any other mistakes that you often see in supplemental essays? Leaving the student out of it. So I think students get very wrapped up on the particularities of the school that they forget about the particularities of them. So when you're thinking about, especially when you're thinking about like why school, why major, those types of questions, students can get very good at like picking out the unique resources and the, the kind of characteristics that are particular to schools, but they forget to kind of talk about how they would use them, right? Like, so, so your school has this entrepreneurship resource, right? That's great. It's particular to this school. Like no other school has that. But then the other part of that is like, how would you use it? Like, what is your plan or what is your hope, what you would want to do, right? Not just like, I'd want to use it to help start a business, but like, what's your idea for a business? Or like, at least what's the direction, right? Like, are you the music production guy or are you like, are you interested in a new type of green business? Like, what is it that you're doing? Like, show me what you are going to bring to campus. And I think that students forget that. They're just like, I, I want to take these or these things are specific to the school. But yeah, but what's specific to you or how you will take advantage of these resources that helps meet your goals and, and things that are particular to you. So I would say that's probably, especially for the Y school essays, I think that is the most common mistake. By the time the admissions reader gets to the end of a Y school essay, they should have a kind of vision for what you'd look like on campus. Like, what would you be contributing? You don't want to spend the entire Y school essay describing an institution to someone who has already been there. It is also still about you. How can younger students hone their writing skills for their future college applications and just future yeah. selves? Um, my, I think I'm with you on this. Maybe this is just the lit teacher in me. Uh, read more, write more, always. I think that, especially if you're uncomfortable with reflective and personal writing, start some kind of journal. Now, not like a dear diary situation. That's not what this is, right? This is more like write about an event that happened today. Like, even if it's just writing the story of something that happened today, like I met this person on the city bus or like I had a disagreement with someone at baseball practice or whatever, start writing about your own life and write about it in specifics. Again, not dear diary, but like start journaling. And the other part of that is start reading some creative nonfiction. Um, I always suggest starting with David Sedaris because everyone can have some David Sedaris in their lives, but like start, you know, we listed several resources. Um, you listed some of your favorites. I certainly agree with some of those. Um, find some creative nonfiction, just browse it. Best creative nonfiction, personal essays and like see what comes up and kind of read those. And so you kind of get a sense for it and the tandem of that, reading what other people are doing and then writing about yourself in similar styles will make you so much more comfortable when it comes to the process of doing this in your applications. 
The other thing, this is a little less writing skills specific, but it is particular to, to process is get a sense for the schools that you're interested in, right? So trying to understand which schools you're most excited about and, and passionate for, I think that that can actually help too. And the longer you have a kind of relationship with that school, the more likely you are to have a, a better sense for kind of what they're looking at and whether or not it's the right school for you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the class of 2022? Not in particular, except for the fact that like, good luck. Uh, we're still, COVID is still a, an active and chaotic force in the admissions scene. So be careful and thoughtful about your choices. Understand that it is a admissions offices are doing their best to try to make it kind of fair and equitable and to try to approximate what life would be like if this were not a kind of continuing disruption in our lives, but you want to make sure that you cover your bases. So I would say be as ambitious and hopeful as always, but make sure that you're kind of being safe and kind of covering all chaotic eventualities as well. And again, good luck. Uh, you'll have a lot of opportunities. Um, your writing in this case, I think, is a great opportunity to help contextualize some of the chaos that COVID has brought to your high school lives over the last year and a half. So I think that being reflective about it and thoughtful about it, but not necessarily writing about it in your essays, I think can be a very, a very useful and, and effective way of approaching your, your application. So I wish you all kinds of good luck in your application cycle. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shannon. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into writing college application essays. For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or you'd like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag inside missions. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.